Welcome to this message. It's a great, great honor to present this word for you. You are going to be shocked. You are going to get your eyes open. And you are going to hear something you have never heard before. You are going to see that we as the body today have turned everything upside down when it comes to what it is to be under the new covenant. We are not under the old covenant. We are under the new covenant. But because of that, we need to live a holy life. Because Jesus is so much greater than the angels. He's so much greater than Moses. And because of that, if we then, after receive the knowledge of the truth, continue in willfully sin, we can experience that we sin against the Holy Spirit as Jesus is speaking about. And there there is no more sacrifice from our sins. So this is a really important message. We are going to go through the book of Hebrews. And you are going to get your eyes open. You are going to see that faith is the same as obedience. Unbelief is the same as disobedience. So I believe this message is the most important message I have shared for a long, long time. And this is something you need to see. It's something the body needs to hear. Because if we want to serve God, we need to build on the right foundation. We should not jump over the words in the Bible we don't like. No, we need to have everything. So I... Hope and pray that God will speak to you, speak to the whole body through this message. So God bless you. Welcome to the Pioneer School and welcome to this teaching. Last time I started to uh, lay a foundation. I want to continue today and the next time. A foundation when it comes to who God is and what it is to live with Him, what it is to live under the grace. And last time I spoke about the righteousness of God, the love of God and how we have to understand both things. And many have written to me that this is something that I've never heard before, and this is something that should be preached in every church today. And what I'm going to share today is also something many of you have never heard before. And it's really going to be an eye-opener for you today. And this truth is really something we need to get out to the church what I'm going to share today also. And uh, next time I'm going to continue and uh, look a little more on how we live under the grace and how Jesus did not lower the standard, but he raised the standard up. And, and today and next time is really important because this is a foundation we need to build on. And then after I've laid this foundation, we continue in Luke 10. 
where I want to try to put everything together and how we can come in and practice what we have learned. We only we do not only want theology. There is a lot of theology. There is a lot, lot of net head knowledge, but we need actually to live it out what we have learned. And Luke 10 help us to come into that life how we everybody of us can live this out. So I want to be more practical in the last part of the pioneer school and put everything together. I want to say some testimonies. Always good with testimonies. Since last time we have seen people get saved, healed, baptized in water, Holy Spirit, because this is an everyday life. I want to share one of the testimonies, a really strong testimony. A few weeks ago I met a woman, a girl, uh, 25 years old, who contacted me. And I went to her place together with some friends. And when I came to her, she was now laying in a bed in her mother's apartment. In a bed in a small room where there was only a little light in one corner of the bed. Because she was really sick. She had been laying in this bed almost non-stop for a month. She had only been up a few times. Her story is that she hit her head some... Uh, years before with a car accident and she was dizzy because of that and later she went to the doctor to get vaccinated and um, we always have to stop an extra time before the doctors put something in us because they don't always know what they're doing because she got really really sick out of that vaccine she got so sick that when she stand up she get different marks on her body and she almost not stand up and take a shower and together with the accident short time before she was now laying in bed and could almost not do anything she had problem with light also so she could not see so much tv because of the light and and it was really hard for her the reason she contacted me was that something had just happened there was a program on tv now with some of my friends who was out preaching the gospel and healing sick and she saw a little of it because yeah she had problem with the head so she could not see everything but she went to a website of my one of my friends and then she came to my website and when she came from his website to my website and saw my logo she just like whoa and she remembered something she had forgotten all about she remember five years ago, she was out in her city and there she met me. Because five years ago, she was shopping and one day she went out of the shop. I walked to her. I stopped her and I prayed for her. She had probably in the back. The legs went up and the pain in the back was gone. She was healed. She always had the problem in the one leg and the back and now she was completely healed. And she experienced the Holy Spirit in a way she had never experienced God before. And it did something to her. And she got my card with the banner from the website. But then she went home to a college where she was living. And the people there didn't understand anything about God. And it was so new for her, so she lost it. She was not safe at that time, but she had met God, and she got interested in God, but she lost that. And then the college where she was living 
burn down and the cards he got for me also burned. And, and then she forgot all about it. And then five years later, she was very sick, sick, laying in the bed. And suddenly she came to my website and she remembered everything five years ago. And she was like, oh, I need to contact him. And she contacted me and I went there with some friends. And that day, two weeks ago, she repented and got saved. And, and she really met God. And I said to my friend, who was also new in it, now you take her home and baptize her. And they had never done that before, but this is all about discipleship. So they took her home and I went away because they don't need me. If I'm there, I do everything. They are not becoming disciples. So I left them and they took her home and baptized her. And it was first time they did anything like that. After she came out of the water, something had happened. But she still had problems because she, she felt like almost like a zombie. She had problems feeling love and joy because of her sickness. But the one who baptized her asked her, Here I have a bag for your wet clothes. And she came with two bags and asked her which one she want. And she said, I just take this bag. And she took that bag, put the clothes, wet clothes in the bag and went home. When she came home and took the wet clothes out of the bag, there was a paper in the bag. And she looked at that paper and she was like, whoa. And it was a Christian song. And when she started to read the text, she remembered that song. She had read that. I heard that song five years ago when she met me. And everything became so clear for her when she read that. And she just started to cry and cry and cry and was set free. And the people who gave them the bag didn't know there was a song in that. It was an accident because their daughter had used that song in a school. And she had forgot all about it. And that song was laying in a bag they wanted to throw out. But suddenly she got that bag with her wet clothes with her home. And there there was the song. And she got set free. The Holy Spirit touched her. Two weeks later, a few days ago, I was back in a the house there to have a meeting. And there she was, this girl. She was standing smiling and she was standing in the kitchen and making dinner for us. Now she was not laying in a bed in a dark room. Now she was standing in a kitchen in another house making dinner for us. And she said, two weeks ago, I got saved. I got born again. I got delivered and I've got a new life and I'm going to continue in Christ from day, this day on and forever. And she was so radical and she was so free. And she could tell testimony how she had been so much delivered from, from, from what other people were thinking of her. And she was so bold now and she experienced a freedom like never before. And the same day she had just prayed for her mother who got healed in the hands. And her life was changed. And this is what I want to do the last part of the Pioneer School. Help you to come into this everyday life where the Holy Spirit is working. People are getting healed, delivered, saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit and the church is growing. And this is for everybody. 
Uh, last time when I spoke about God's, the righteousness of God and the love of God, there came a line to me when I was praying, and I want to read that. It's the goodness of God that we hear about his righteousness, so we can see his holiness and experience his love. I want to say that again. It's the goodness of God that we, that you and me, hear about his righteousness. Why? Because then we can see his holiness and then experience his love or fatherhood. And it's so important that we get it that way. Because as I spoke about last time, you cannot really love God the way you are supposed to if you don't know him. <laughs> and to know him is to fear him. And today I'm going to preach something that is really, really, really radical. And this is going to shock many of you, what the word is saying. But remember this, that this is the goodness of God that you hear this message and see his holiness. Because then you can come in and experience his love, his grace. Before I'm going to continue with what I'm going to speak about today, I want to lay a little foundation for this message today and next time. And I'm going to talk about a little more next time about the grace and what it is to walk in the new covenant. And I'm going to start today. Jesus saying, the Bible is saying that in John 1, For of his fullness we have received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So the Bible here is saying that we have received grace for grace. And then they talk about the law came with Moses, but the grace and truth came with Jesus Christ. I want to say grace for grace. The word for can mean instead of. And, and I believe this is the right thing. That we have received grace instead of grace. Because there was also a grace in the Old Covenant. There was also a grace there. But the New Testament grace, if I can say it that way, is more than what they experienced. Because there was something the law could not do. There was something the people who was under the law could not experience. Something we can now through grace and truth. And what was that? That was freedom. Freedom from sin. Romans 6.14 is saying, Sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So under law, sin, sin have dominion over people. If you are under the law, you cannot be free, because law, the law could not do what Jesus came to do. But through Jesus Christ, we can be free. So under the law, you are under sin. But in grace, you are not under sin anymore. You are free from sin. And I'm going to talk more about that next time. So we have received grace instead of grace. The law that came with Moses could not do what we, what, 
we now can do in Jesus Christ. The law could not help us. It could only point us to Jesus Christ and more about that next time. But we have received grace instead of grace. Grace, New Testament grace is not a cover up for sin. Because grace is more than what people think it is. Grace is a helper. Grace helps us to do what the law could not do. Grace equips us to live a holy life. Titus is saying that, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Instructing us. So we're still talking about this grace of God is instructing us to turn from ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. So the grace of God is more than just a cover up for sin. The grace of God is instructing us to live a holy life. And what you're going to see this time when we're going to go through the book of Hebrews is that we are not under the law of Moses, we are under the grace. But we have turned this upside down. And so many people have totally, totally misunderstood what it is to live under the grace. And you're going to be shocked when I'm going to go with you through the book of Hebrews. We're going to look at the book of Hebrews today. And you're really going, it's going to be an eye opener for you. Because our biggest problem in the church today is that we are building our Christianity on sermon we are hearing in churches. We are building our Christianity on a few verses that's taken out and then created a sermon out of that. But remember, the first Christian didn't have a Bible with chapters and verses. So they could not just take one verse out there, one verse out there, or maybe one chapter out there. No, they got the whole letter, and they were reading it letter by letter, book by book. So I hope you're ready for this teaching. Um, before I'm going to start with this teaching... I want to pray and I also want to say that if you don't have time, when I'm going to start with Hebrews in a short time, if you don't have time to go through the whole lesson now, because you have to do something, you want to divide this teaching out in two and see a little now and a little later, then it's better to stop now before I'm going to start with Hebrews, because you don't want to stop in the middle of Hebrews. Because in the middle of Hebrews is going to be very, very radical. And you're going to experience it as a knife that's going to cut down in your soul and spirit. And it's so important that you don't stop in the middle of it because then you're going to have big, big problems. It's so important you understand everything I'm going to share today. And therefore, don't stop in the middle. See the video when I'm until I'm finished with the video. Because later I'm going to explain things so you're going to understand it in the right way. So this is a warning for you. Don't 
You don't want to stop in the middle of this video. If you don't have time to see the whole part, then it's better to stop now and come back later and start from here. Now I'm going to pray and then we're going to continue in Hebrews. God, I thank you for this teaching. God, I pray that it's going to be an eye-opener for the church today, God. It's going to be a foundation that the church is going to build on, God. God, thank you because you with your Holy Spirit is going to work through this teaching, God. And help me to share this word. Help me come with your Holy Spirit, God, and help me to share the right way. And, and, and I pray, God, that it's going to create not a wrong fear in people, but a right fear of you, God. And it's going to change their life and it have changed my life. It's going to be an eye-opener for everybody who sees that video, this video as it has been for me and other people, God. So come with your Holy Spirit, God, and help us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive your word today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now we are going to continue, and when we are going to continue and look at Hebrews, I want to share a little uh, knowledge about Hebrews before we are going to start. And it's so important to understand this. We don't know exactly who have written Hebrews. Some say it's Apollo, some say it's Paul, and other is saying other people who have written Hebrews. But we know that it's written for Jews. Because the whole history is about uh, some Jewish believers who live with Christ, Messianic Jews, and they live with Christ, but they experience a lot of persecution. And this is what Hebrews is talking about. They have experienced a lot of persecution. They have been beaten. They have been people are stealing their things. And they are experiencing a lot of persecution. But out of church history, we know that it's written just around the time where the emperor Neo was there. And when the emperor Neo, in the beginning, he started a persecution. Later, it became so much that he killed a lot of Christians. But here we see it's just before the persecution was going to be so hard that they're going to get killed because later in Hebrews he said, You have it have cost you a lot, but not blood. So so it's just before the persecution was so hard that people was getting killed because of their faith. But these Christians, these Jewish people could easily get the persecution to stop. They just needed to do one thing, go back to the synagogue. Because the synagogue at that time was not persecuted the same way as the church. So if they have gone back to the synagogue, the persecution against them and their family would stop like this. And people because of that felt that it, it was a temptation and some people went back to the synagogue. But to go back to the synagogue, there was something they needed to do. They needed to public deny Jesus. They need to go back to the synagogue and say, I deny Jesus Christ who bought me. I deny Jesus Christ as Savior. I deny Jesus. And if they deny Jesus, the synagogue would accept them and persecution against them and their family would stop. 
So this letter is written for those people to continue in faith. Don't go back, but continue in faith. Continue. And it's always talking about Jesus, that Jesus is greater than the angel. Jesus is greater than Moses. We have a new covenant. We have a new high priest that's forever on, who's greater than the old high priest. We have a new covenant that is much more better than the old. And if you now go with me through the book of Hebrews, you will see and understand why he's saying what he's saying to those people. He's saying what he's saying because they should continue in faith, continuing Christ. We have something that's stronger, that is better than the old covenant. We have something new, stronger, so don't go back. And this is what he's saying. And I want to say that I've been serving God now many years. And I know of many, many people who once have been living with God who don't do it today. Because they got proud. They let a sin come into their life. They let a bitterness come into their life. And because of that, they are falling and do not live with God today. I know of many people in the churches who's getting lukewarm and many is falling away from God. Why? Because of their teaching. Of course, we are living in the end time, so so this is part of the time we are living in. But this teaching, if they have understood what I'm going to share today, they have not fallen away the same way as they did. And this teaching has changed our life and saved us. Because we have gone through hard period. We have gone through desert period. Where it had been hard. Some years ago I wanted to die. It was really hard. But we never started to complain against God. We never let sin come in in our life. We continued in faith. Why? Because of this teaching. And this understanding. And I believe this is so important for the whole body, so we understand what it's all about, and so we continue in Christ and don't fall away. So this teaching can save your life. It can save many people's life. And now we're going to continue. Book of Hebrews. Chapter 1 is talking about that he's, Jesus is the Son of God. He's the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So Jesus Christ is the express image of God. And then it's talking about that having become so much better than the angel, as he by inheritance have obtained a more excellent name than they. So, Chapter 1 is talking about Jesus, the Son of God, that he's so much greater than the angel. God said something to Jesus he had never said to an angel. Jesus is not like the angels. He's better than the angels. He's greater than the angels. And we have salvation in Jesus Christ. And this is what the next chapter is talking about. But it's starting because, starting with this because Jesus is so much better than the angel. Therefore, we must give that more earnest heed to the things we have heard, 
lest we take breath away. So we, because we are not standing in front of angel, but something so much greater than the angel, Jesus Christ. Therefore, we must give that more earnest heed to the things we have heard, so we do not draft away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receive a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? There is a totally wrong picture of Jesus Christ on earth today, in the churches today. We forget one thing. When Jesus came to earth, he for a very short time came in the likeness of a man. But now he's risen again. He's now sitting beside the right hand in heaven. This is his body today. This is Jesus today. And many Christians forget that. Many Christians only have the picture of Jesus as the man Jesus here on earth. But now he's not the man Jesus on earth. He's the Jesus in heaven. And the people who walked with Jesus on earth, one of the disciples who was closest to Jesus was John, the one Jesus loved. But John, when he saw Jesus in the beginning of Revelation, in his heavenly body, he didn't go to Jesus like, Hey, Jesus, my pal, give me a high five. He didn't do that. He fell down as dead because he could not see his glory. And he was the one who walked so close on with Jesus here on earth. But he didn't come and say, hey Jesus, high five, I'm here again. No, he fell down as dead. Jesus is so much more than the angel. And if we are going to see him as he is today, we are going to fall down the same way. And now he's not speaking to us from earth anymore. Now he's speaking to us from heaven by his Holy Spirit. And you're going to see more of that later. And I curse you to, I'm going to go very far through the book of uh, Hebrews, but I curse you to take the book and read it for yourself later, so you can see what it's saying. Then he continues talking about the rest of God. We need to continue on. Those people need to continue on. And that. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit is saying, today if you will hear your, His voice, His voice from heaven, do not harden your heart as in rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and say, they shall not enter my rest. What is He saying here? We should not harden our heart like they did in the day of rebellion. The day in the of trial in the wilderness. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Moses and the Israelite. They came out of Egypt. They got baptized to Moses in the Red Sea and they walked with God in the desert, in the wilderness. But they hardened their heart. They was rebellious against God. 
And therefore God was angry with that generation. And he said, they should not enter into his rest. And this is written for us. For the, in the book of Hebrews, to warn us to don't do what they did. What happened with the Israelite was a warning to you and me today. And it's not only in Hebrews we see that warning. We see that warning other places in the Bible. One of the places in, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we are going to look at that. Because here we see the Old Testament examples. And, and chapter 10 I'm reading. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers was under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all was baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All eat of the same spiritual food, all drink of the same spiritual drink. For they drink of the spiritual rock that was fallen them, and that rock was Christ. So Hebrews here, Paul, Paul here in 1 Corinthians is saying, those people was baptized unto Moses, they eat of the spiritual food, drink of the spiritual drink. The spiritual rock that was following them, and that was Christ. So those people who came out of Egypt got everything they could get at that time. Jesus was there. He was the rock. They got the baptism to Moses. They got everything they could receive. And then we continue. But most, but with most of them, God was not well pleased. So they got it all. They were taken out of Egypt. But we still read that with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were shattered in the wilderness. Now these things become our examples to the intent that we should not lost after evil things the way they lost. So what happened with them became an example for us. Not what we should do, but what we should not do. Us, you and me who is living today under the grace. You and me who have been taken out of the world. And it continues. Chapter 7, that we should not become idolaters as they did it, or commit sexual immorality as some of them did it, and in one day, 23,000 felt. Or let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted, and they were destroyed by serpent. And it was what I talked about last time in John 3, 14, 15. Or complain as some of them also complained and they were destroyed by the destroyer. So we read here that those people who came out of Egypt, they became idolaters. They commit sexual sin. They tempted Christ. They complained. And because of that, many of them died there. They were killed by God. 
And this is written to you and me today who's living now under grace in new covenant as example for us. And it's so clear here also. All Now all these things happen to them as examples. And it's written for our admonition upon whom the end of the age have come. So this is written for us. And therefore he's saying that we should give so much more earnest to what we have heard. Because if what God spoke that time, the angels spoke that time, have a just reward. How much can we then escape today if we neglect so great a savior as Jesus Christ? Paul, he didn't start in chapter 10 with this. When Paul read and wrote this, it was again without chapter and verses. So just before this, he said something that's important to understand why he's saying this. He's talking about a, run, a race we are all in. Don't you realize that in a race everybody run, but only one person get the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fall, fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So we are all in a run. You are in a run. I am in a run. All athletes are disciplined with their training. They do it for a prize that's going to fade away. But what about you and me? We are doing it for something that's eternal. What is that? The eternal life. And this is what I've been saying before. We get saved, but him who continue believing shall be saved. So it's all about continue in Christ. And there is more than 60 verses in the Bible of people of warning, don't fall away, that we can lose our salvation. Yes, there is one day we cannot lose it, and that that is the day when we stand up and take off the tree of life. And this is what I've been saying, talking about when I talk about salvation uh, some lessons ago. And he continued, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. Like, he's not just standing and hidden out. I'm disciplining my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to order, I myself might be disqualified. Paul! He fears that after preaching to others, that he might self be disqualified. And because of that, he's taking care of his body. Because he knows he's in a wrong. And then after that, he came with this example. Be disqualified. If you are in a wrong, if you are doing sport, and you are being disqualified, then you are out of the race. If you are disqualified, it's over and out. And you are not going to come into that race again. And then it continue with uh, this. A warning again. A warning to you and me. And a warning to those people there. To not fall away. Beware, brethren. Lest there be 
in any of you are evil heart of unbelief. So we have to beware of an evil heart of unbelief in the pardon from the living God. So it's, it's possible to fall away. It's possible to fall away from the living God. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confession steadfast to the end. And this is so clear. We, you and me, they are partakers of Jesus Christ if, there is a if there, if we hold the beginning of our confession steadfast unto the end. And then he continued, and he's going to say something really interesting because he continued talking about that, don't fall away. And there you are going to see that in the Bible, faith is different than what we think faith is today. Today we have our religious classes. We think that we can believe one thing and do something else. But it's not like that. The Bible, when the Bible talks about faith, faith is not what we think faith is. Faith is obedience. And I've written down, and you're going to see it. Faith is obedience, and unbelief is disobedience. And you're going to see that clear now. I just show some scripture very fast. And he continued warning, and he said, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So they did not enter the rest of God because they did not obey. But then he continues, so we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. So here the offer of Hebrews is saying that they did not enter because they did not obey. And it was because... They did not believe. Their unbelief. So he's talking about unbelief as the same as did not obey. And we continue in chapter 4 where it's talking about Jesus is our high priest. I'm going to come back to that. But the word of hearing did not benefit them because it was not united by faith. So he's talking about faith again. Those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. So again, he's going between faith and disobedience. And one more thing here. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, that no man fall after the same example of disobedience. I hope you can see this. This is so clear. Here, he's warning them to not fall away, to depart from the living God. And of course, if it was not possible to depart from the living God, there was no reason to say that. So, how can we depart from the living God if we have a heart of unbelief? But then he said that they did not enter because they didn't obey. Because of their unbelief. Because they didn't receive it in faith. Because they were disobedience. Because of their disobedience. So here you see the offer is going between obedience, belief, unbelief, faith and so on. And it's not only here. You read it through the Bible. Another place is really clear. Gospel of John chapter 
3. Not verse 16, but verse 36. Try to listen to the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 36. And anyone who believes in God's Son have eternal life. Do we believe that? Yes. Everyone who believes in God's Son have the eternal life. Anyone who do not believe in God's Son will never experience eternal life, but remain under God's angry judgment. Do you believe that? Yes. But it was not what the Bible was saying. I was reading wrong here. The Bible is saying this in this translation. And anyone who believes in God's Son have eternal life. But anyone who does not obey the Son do not have eternal life, but remain under God's angry judgment. Can you see one place he talks about belief and the next place he talks about doesn't obey. Because belief is to obey, not belief is to not obey. So when, when I do some teaching here, I've met so many people and talk about baptism and one other thing who say, yeah, but I believe we are only saved by faith. I also believe that. We are only saved by faith to Jesus Christ. But what is faith? Faith is to obey in Jesus. Jesus said, repent, get baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. If we believe in Jesus, we do what he tells us to. So faith in the Bible is obedience. And it's so important you see that and take off the religious glasses. The religious glasses that say that you can believe one thing and do something else. You are what you believe. You believe what you do. This is who you are. You cannot divide it. See what James is saying about that also. We need to see that and take the glasses off. Otherwise, each time we read the Bible, we will misunderstand it. And this is one of the biggest misunderstandings that have been. And because of that, people are lost. And it's so important to take and see what Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 is saying about that. And take a verse like John 3, 36. In those chapters, it's saying that Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is our high priest. In the old covenant with Moses, there was high priest who once times a year came in with blood. Not their own blood, but blood for animals. But blood could not take sins away. It could only cleanse them outside. But then we have Jesus as now our high priest. There is greater than there those high priests because he's eternal. Those high priests, each time one died, they got a new one. But now we have one who is never going to die. So we have something that is so much greater, so much bigger. He's eternal. And he didn't go come to the temple here on earth. He went to heaven. And one time for all, he came with his own blood. And with his own blood, he came into the holies of the holies in heavenly and gave his blood for forgiveness from our sins. The blood have power to forgive 
everybody on earth. And this is what the chapter is saying. So everything I have done, everything I'm doing is under the blood. I'm forgiven. Jesus came in one time for all with his blood. And he removed sins away from us. And you have to read it yourself because this is so strong and it shows that Jesus is sitting by God's right hand. He's our high priest and he's so much greater than the angel, than also Moses. We're going to see he's greater than the high priest. He's so much greater. And this is the new covenant. And many of you have heard about this, that Jesus is our high priest and he died from our sins. And we can get forgiveness now because of that. But just after he talked about this, he continues in chapter 6. And now you're going to see something that's radical. Because just after that, he says to those people and to us, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. And have tasted the heavenly gift and become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the age to come. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance. Why? Since they crucified again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. So just after he talked about Jesus, the high priest in the new covenant. In the middle of that, he says it's so important to understand that it's impossible for those who have won at light and fall away to come back. Why? Because they crucified Jesus once again. And he continued talking about Jesus as the high priest for the new covenant. And the old covenant priesthood. And Jesus sanctified once and for all. And this is what he's starting with there. And then he says this and he continues here talking about the things I said before. That Jesus is our high priest in the new covenant. We are not in the old covenant priesthood. Jesus sacrificed himself once and for all. No more offer because Jesus is so much greater. And because of that. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way, not forsake the assemblies of ourselves together, as in the matter of some, but exhorting his, each other at so much more than we see the day approaching. So this is a, our overview of Hebrews unto now. That Jesus, he's the son of God. He's better than the angels. There's salvation in Jesus Christ. The people there didn't come into the rest because of their unbelief, their disobedience. And it's a warning for you and me who's living today. We have Jesus as our high priest. And, and it's impossible for them who have once been enlightened and fall away to come back because they crucified Jesus again. And he continued then, continuing Christ, and talking about Jesus as the high priest, new covenant, the old covenant priesthood, and Jesus died one time for all. And then he continued that we have boldness to go in 
front of God. And now, now it's really going to be radical. And now I'm going to take some words. I'm not going to explain it from the beginning. I just want to go through what the rest of Hebrews is saying. And you're going to experience something and hear something you have not heard before. I think many of us have heard that Jesus died one time for all to forgive us our sin. And we like to hear about that. But just after he tells us that, he continues with this. Chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer remain a sacrifice for sin. Jesus died one time for all. He was the only sacrifice we have for sin. And he continued, If we therefore sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fire in the nation with, with award the adversary. So if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. And the only thing we have back is a fearful expectation of judgment. And this is radical. And he continues. Anyone who have rejected Moses' law died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So he says that after he says this, if we have sinned willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no more sacrifice for sins. The only thing is a fearful expectation of judgment. And then he said, Every, anyone who rejected Moses died or two or three witnesses. And, and what it's all about, if you sin willfully after, under the law, if you willfully sin, and there was two or three witnesses, you was going to die without mercy. And this is what he says. And then now you see that we are twisted everything upside down. Because we have always have like, whoa, it's so good I'm not under the law. It's so good I'm under grace. We are not under the law of Moses where we are going to die without mercy if there was two or three witnesses if we have sinned willfully. We are not under that law. And we are like thank. Thanking God today that we are not under that. But look what he's saying. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose he will be true, worthy for those trembling the sword of God underfoot? Counted the blood of the government with it was, with he was sanctified as a common thing. And insulted the spirit of grace. 
So we are not under the law. We don't reject the law of Moses if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth. We reject the spirit of grace. So how much worse punishment do we then not deserve when we tremble the Son of God underfoot? And exhort in the spirit of grace. Why? Because Jesus is so much greater than Moses. Jesus is so much greater than the angels. And because he is so much greater. We read this. And it continue. For we know him who said. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And the Lord says again, The Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. The Bible doesn't say it's a fearful thing to fall out of the hands of a living God. But it's a fearful thing to fall into the hand of a living God. What I'm reading now is what the word is saying. In the New Testament, under the New Covenant, the book of Hebrews is the clearest book we have in the Bible who talk about what the New Covenant is, what the difference is between the New and the Old Covenant. We have a church today where we have twisted everything upside down, where we think, oh, thank God I'm not under that I'm under grace because they think under grace I can sin and God is not going to punish me. But how much worse punishment don't we deserve if we tremble the Son of God under foot? And this is what I'm going to explain it later. This is what the author wrote to those Christians, to the Jews. And it's radical. And he continued, Therefore do not cast away your confidence. We can cast it away. With, and he's talking about the confidence to come into the holies, which have great reward. For we need to have endurance to that after we have done the will of God, that you may receive the promise. Again, the promise of the eternal life. And he's very radical, but he's still saying, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the salvation, saving of our soul. So he's saying this radical thing, and at the same time he said, but, but we are not, us here, we are not those who go back, but those who continue believing so our soul is getting saved. And then he continues Hebrews chapter 11 by faith. And if you understand all of this, those people didn't continue in faith and they fall away 
And it's written for us who live today. It was very bad examples. Many people came out of the of Egypt. We talk about like over two million people, and only a few hands, handful came into the promised land, came into the rest. This is what the Bible is saying there. But then it comes with the fifth chapter, where there is people like Sarah, like Abraham, like Moses, who gave up everything to continue. And we should have them in front of our eyes. So Hebrew chapter 11 is talking about those people. Chapter 12 is talking about the discipline of God. That God is disciplining us. That we are the true son of and daughter of God. Experience that God is working in our life. And then it continues really radical again in, in chapter 12. And he continues, Looking careful, lest there be any man that fallen away the falling short of the grace of God. So it's possible to fall short of the grace of God. And he continued that we also should be careful of bitterness springing up so many are defiled. And we should also be careful against fornication. That we should not be a profane person as Esau who for one mess of food sold his own birth. Right. So here he's talking again, like he did there. Don't do like this. Don't do like this. Don't do like this. Don't do like this. And here he's continue. Don't be let root of bitterness come in. Don't live in fornication and don't be a profane person as Esau. Therefore, one mess of food sold his birthright. What is it with Esau? Esau and Jacob in the Old Testament, you read about it, that Esau, he came home. He had been out, he came home and was hungry. And Jacob had some soup, some food. And Esau said, I want this, give me that. And Jacob said, no, okay, you can get it if you give me your birthright. And his attitude was like... Okay, what do I need with my birthright? I'm so hungry, I'm going to die here. You can have my birthright, give me some food. And he gave away his birthright from one mess of food. And this is a warning for us. And it's written for us today. And it's written right after he says this and this, that if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remain no more sacrifice for sins. And the only thing that is back is a scary, fearful expectation of judgment. And then he take Esau, and then we continue. For we know that every that even when he afterwards desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. So Esau came afterwards. I'm sorry, I want to have it, but he was rejected. For he found no place of a change of mind in his father, though he sought it 
gently with tears. Esau saw it with tears, but he didn't get it back. It was gone. He was disqualified. It was over and out. And at some point you stay with me. I know it's radical. And I know many of you are thinking, but I'm also lost. I have sinned willfully. And it's so important you stay with me now. And let the Holy Spirit work in you. Let the word cut down and work in you. I'm going to explain this later. I'm going to explain it. And then he continued afterward talking about the new and old covenant again. Like he did there, like he did there, like he did again, again. And he said, For ye are not come unto the mount that might be taught and that burned with fire. What mount is he talking about? He said there, After this, you did not come to the mount that was burning with fire. The mount where God came down on earth, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And where you read that there was so frightful, because even the animal who touched the mount is going to die. And you read about that in Exodus, that they were so fearful when God came down, because the glory of God, the holy God was coming down. And then the New Testament, you and me, is written for you and me who's living today, say that we did not come to that mount. And then we think, oh yes, oh it's so good we didn't come there. Now we are under grace. Now we are in the new covenant. Now we have a grace, a grace, a God of grace and love who don't judge. So now we can live in sin. We are not like there. But this is not what he says. He said, you did not come to the mount that was burned with fire. But what did we come to? Ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto a city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. No, we didn't come to that mount where Moses came down, where people was fearful. And even the animal who touched the mountain was going to die. No, we came to something that is much bigger than that. We came to the Mount of Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, and to Jesus Christ. And it continued. See that ye refuse not him that spoken. For if they escape not. For if they escaped not. When they refuse him that want them on earth. Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that wants from heaven. And he continues. Therefore, 
receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace, whereby we may offer service when pleasing to God with honor and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire, as I spoke about last time. I almost, it's almost like I can be so bold and say that everything you have heard about the grace of God, about the new and old covenant, have been a lie. Everybody of us have an understanding that to be under grace in the new covenant, we have our God who's not holy and fearful the same way as they have in the old covenant. We have a loving Jesus and we are on a grace so we can live a little like we want. But this is not what the Bible is saying. It's saying the total opposite. When they sinned, when they didn't listen to angel, they got punished and they experienced a punishment. But we have something that is greater than angels. We have something that is greater than the high priest. We have Jesus that is greater than Moses. So if they under the law of Moses have sinned willfully and there was two or three witnesses, how much worse punishment should we then not have today if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth? Because we are not sinning against Moses. We are trembled the Son of God on the foot. And we are exalting the spirit of grace. Esau, he sold it. His first birthright. And when he tried to inhabit it, he didn't get the chance to do it. No matter if there was tears, weeping, he didn't get it back. If you one time fall away, you cannot come back because you crucified the Son of God again. I don't know what the church have teached you. They have teached you that there is always forgiveness no matter what you do. This is what we have heard. This is what I grow up with. This is what everybody have grown up with. But it's wrong. Everything we have heard is wrong. We have been deceived. Because we live our Christianity on chapter and verses. So nobody ever sees the truth. What did I do different this time? I went through the whole book of Acts, in a book of Hebrews, so you see it in a new way. And the whole book of Hebrews is not ending with this, it's ending with this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Where is Jesus Christ now? He's in heaven, sitting beside God's right hand. And when J, J, uh, John, who saw walked with him on earth, saw him in his heavenly body, he fell down as dead. 
Jesus is so much more. He's in heaven. He's more than Moses. He's more than the angel. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. It was only a short time he came down. Become like man. Now he's risen again. And he's in heaven. So remember that each time you hear this. Grace be with you all. Yeah. Grace be with us all. Grace is not a cover up. To be grace is not a cover up for sin. Grace is not a license to sin. And now I don't want to keep you sitting and 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 thinking you are lost. Because everybody who go through this of us because we have never heard it before, we will think I'm lost. Because where do we find a person who have not sinned willfully after they became Christian? There is people there, but where? I know I have sinned. And I want to now explain it and don't keep you waiting and explain what the word is saying. Because he did not only write this to those people. We can also today go away from God. We can also lose salvation. And we need to take this book of Hebrews to understand who Jesus Christ is. That he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And to understand what the new covenant is all about. When God revealed this to me in 2001. I fasted 40 days and I started to see this. I experienced a fear of God I've never experienced before. And I experienced like many of you, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. Because I remember, after I got saved, one time my girlfriend came and I God, are you there? No, you're not there. And I pushed God away and I went to bed with her and I sinned. I'm lost. But but I've got forgiveness that time. I remember I got forgiveness, but now I'm like maybe maybe I live in a lie. Maybe I'm truly lost. And then it don't matter what the church is saying, it don't matter what any other person is saying. If they say we are forgiven because it's not the church who have the power to forgive, it's Jesus Christ. And I had a few days where this word was cutting in my body and dividing spirit and soul. It was dividing me. And I have a few days where I was crying and I could almost not sleep and I'm like, I'm dying, God. God, can I get forgiveness again? Am I lost? And I experience a repentance like we read in, in revival history. And there, when I experience that, in the middle of everything, I experience suddenly the forgiveness. And I saw that I was not lost. And when I saw that I have a second chance, not to throw it away as Esau, but I have a second chance. I changed so much in my life. 
Before I was walking out here in one side, a little willfully sin here, a little sin there, and playing with sin because I was under grace. But then I saw, no, I get one more chance. I cannot continue there. And I turned away and I started to live radical. I started to live a new life. And my focus on Jesus became so much stronger because this is what the Bible is saying in the end. Look at Jesus. Have him in front of your eyes. Don't give up. And I understood so much. And this experience, radical experience, changed my life. And it has changed many people's life. And it saved me later also when I went through a desert a desert period a few years ago when I wanted to die. It was so hard. We lost everything. But of course, I didn't start to tempt God. I didn't start to complain against God. Why? Because I fear God. I fear Him. And that understanding 12, 13 years ago saved my life. So I'm still walking with God today. And many people, if they have understood this, everything would have been so different in their life. And I see so many people, when life is not going the way they want, oh God, why? They're like, they don't have any fear of God in their life. And I want you to listen out. The next 10, 15 minutes is so important for you. Because now we want to continue. When this started in me, of course I started to look at Jesus. He's teaching, can this really be true? What do Jesus say about this with forgiveness, that we cannot always receive forgiveness? And I found that Jesus was talking about some of the same thing. And any one of you who speak a word against the Son of Man... It shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven. Insulted the Spirit of grace. Everything, every sin we have done, when we come to Christ, can be forgiven. Every sin we have done can be forgiven no matter what. But if we sin sin against the Holy Spirit, we cannot experience forgiveness. And this is some of the things Jesus also talked about. If the salt loses its flavor, it's not going to be salt again. It's cast away. If you put your hand on the plow, and look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus is talking about something like this. And then it's like, okay, Jesus saying this. It's the other people who saying that. And I saw Judas was saying the same. And Peter, here we read about Peter. He says, And when a person have escaped from the wicked ways of the world by learning about Lord and save Jesus Christ. And then get tangled up with sin. And become its slave again. He is worse off than he was before. 
It would be better if he had never known about Christ at all than to learn of him and then afterward turn his back on the holy commandment that had been given him. So Peter is also saying that if we fall away, it had been better never to hear about Christ and never learn about it than to one time have it and then fall away. And this is almost like Hebrews 6. But it, and then is the example, is the example in the Bible, in the book of Acts, where this was happening. Yes, there is. Chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphire. Ananias and Sapphire, we read about a, a man and a wife who had some money and then wanted to give some money to the church, to Peter. But they at home decided to, no, we don't want to give it all. So they took some of it and laid it away. And then they came in front of Peter and they lied and said that this is all the money we have. But they didn't lie to Peter, they lied to the Holy Spirit. And because they lied to God, to the Holy Spirit, they sinned willfully. They fall down dead at once. Both of them. First the one and then the second one come, came and the same thing happened. And we just read it and nice fire. And Ananias came first. And Peter said, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And when Ananias hearing these words, he fell down and gave up the, the ghost, the spirit. And great fear came upon all that he heard that. And I understand that. But Peter, and then his wife come, and Peter said to her, Why is it that you have agreed together to try the Spirit of the Lord? Why have you agreed to try the Spirit of the Lord? Why have you willfully agreed to sin against the Holy Spirit? And she fell down immediately at his feet and gave up the ghost. And we read that a great fear came upon the church. And upon all who heard this, these words. And afterward we read that by, laying the, by the hands of the apostles many signs happened amongst the people. <laughs> this is radical. And I know that most of us have have read some of those things Jesus saying and Ananias and fire but nobody dare to talk about it everybody's just jumping over them but in the end of Revelation it said that everybody who adds something to the word of God or removes something from the word of God are not going to be partaker of the tree of life we should not remove anything or add anything to the word of God. But the most Christians today are living a Christianity on chapter and verses. And when they read something, they just jump over it. They remove it from the word of God like it's never existed. Like it's not there. But we cannot remove anything from the word of God. Are you lost? Are you lost? 
I thought I was lost at that time because I have sinned. I want to say something really important now. I want to say that I don't believe that God revealed this truth to us to show us that we are already already lost. And there's something important you need to understand here. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, what is the knowledge of the truth? Jesus said that you should learn the truth and the truth should set you free. The knowledge of the truth, I believe, is more than just raising your hand and come to the meeting. I believe it can also be more than getting baptized in water and speaking in tongues. Many people in the church today have really not known this truth. While I've been teaching, if you are thinking back, Oh no, I have sinned willfully. I have done this. I have done this. I have done this. I would never have done that if I had known this. Then it just shows you that you have not known this. That you have not received the knowledge of the truth. Because if you have known this, then you will not have done it. So that you have done it, that you have lived the way you have lived unto today, just show you that you have not understand the truth, the word of God. And because you have lived the way you have done unto today and you have not understood it, I believe that you can find forgiveness. Because I have sinned. And what is sinning willfully? I don't know. But I have sinned where, where I got tempted by sin. And we can say that it's willfully sin. But I did that. But I received forgiveness. And I believe that we need to look at this. Because there is a difference between being tempted by sin. Falling in sin. Not being free from sin. And then sin willfully. After we have received the knowledge of the truth. There is a book called The Mercy, The Grace I Don't Know or The Mercy I Don't Know. I don't know the English name of the book. Uh, a book I got some years ago about the grace of God. And when I read that, I read some of it, I just saw that this author have totally, totally misunderstood what the grace of God is all about. Because in the book he comes with an example. In the book he says that he was together with a man, a friend, and his friend said to him, you know I'm playing tennis and, and I have met a, a woman, a girl. And, and I've met a woman where I'm playing tennis. And this woman, I really love her. I really like her. And if I now choose to get divorced from my wife and then go back and I then go and take this woman instead, can I then just come and get forgiveness afterwards? And he, he was like, oh no, don't do it. Yeah, I know you don't want me to do it, but out of the word of God, can I then come and get forgiveness afterward? And he said, yes, you can, because this is the grace of God. <laughs> and this man sinned. No, you cannot sin willfully. You cannot choose to sin 
the way he did it. And, and it just shows we have totally misunderstood the word of God. Yes, we can fall in sin. Yes, we can fight and we can fall. And there we take the word of God, John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous and forgive us our sin and cleanse us for all unrighteousness. This is also the word of God. But he's talking about living in the light. I put it here in the middle of everything. He's talking about living in the light. Not, con- not doing willfully sin. When we get born again, then we have the grace of God who instructs us, who helps us to live a holy life. And who is the grace of God? This is the grace of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now we need to listen to the Spirit of God inside of us. And if we sin against that, the Holy Spirit, then this can happen to us. And I believe we have to understand the story behind Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira didn't fall in sin. They didn't fall in sin. They decided willfully to sin. They chose to sin willfully after they have received everything there was. And they have received much more than many today have in the church because many in the church are really not born again. They have not received this truth. And if you have received this truth I've just been sharing today, do you then want to go and sin willfully? No, you don't. And this is why this is not for you. You are forgiven because God don't show you this to show that you already condemned. God show you this to show you that you have not understand what it's all about. You have not understand the truth. But when you have now understand this, this is going to change your life radically. The same way it changed me. Where you don't live in like la 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 anymore, but you live a radical life. You, you turn away from sin and you live holy and you read the word, you pray, you fast because you know you have to focus on Jesus. When you know that, you are going to experience a freedom from sin. Yes, you are not going to sin willfully. Yes, you are not perfect either. You are not going to be perfect. I still do something that's wrong. And I experience that I take John 1.9 and I confess my sin and I'm forgiven. But there's a difference between doing something that's wrong and experience the Holy Spirit or fall in sin and the Holy Spirit, oh no, I should not have done it and the Holy Spirit is working in me afterwards and while it's happened and what Ananias and fire experience. What did they do? They have the truth and then they said, let's do this. Let, let's go now and take some money and keep it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit said, don't do it. And, and they felt that the Holy Spirit was working in them. Like maybe you feel now when you're here in this teaching, this is the Holy Spirit in us. And they're like, oh, I should not do it. I should not do it. 
No, let's do it anyway. And the Holy Spirit said no. And they decided and they walked the whole place. And I believe the Holy Spirit said, don't do it. If you do this, if you do this, you are lost. Don't do it. But they decided and said, don't do it. And they still decide that they want to do it. And the whole way, and when he came and eyes in front of Peter, the Holy Spirit, I believe, have said so strong to him, don't do this sin. Don't choose willfully to do this. You know the truth. If you do this now, you are trembling the Son of God underfoot. You are insulting the Spirit of grace. And I believe the Holy Spirit was shouting at him, don't do it. And Peter gave him a second chance. He said, is this all the money you came with? He had listened to the Spirit and said, no, no, no. And there, of course, there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness no matter what they've done. But he took the last step after receiving this knowledge, after the Holy Spirit had worked in him. He took the last step and said, yes, it is. And because there the, the Spirit of God was so strong upon the first church, the judgment came so much faster. And you can see that if you make a study in the Testament, in the Old Testament, that you more the presence of God is there, you faster is it going to come. It don't matter that we don't see a judgment, it don't matter that it's not going to come, it's just going to come later. And there it came like this. And they died. She died. He died. And she died. Because they have sinned. Willfully. Because they didn't sin against Peter. They sinned against the Holy Spirit. They didn't listen. They blasphemed the Spirit. They didn't listen to the Spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit. And because of that. And it's so important to understand that. So I'm not talking about you're driving in a car. You're allowed to drive 50 kilometers per hour. You drive 70 and the police stop you. And oh no, I'm a sin. No. We are talking about, because it's discipleship. Everybody learn. And in the beginning, I, I did more wrong than I do now. It's all about walking in the Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about that next time. Listen to the Spirit inside of you. But we need to have that fear inside of us that we listen to the Spirit. And, and this verse can also, if you continue sinning willfully, it can also be translating that way. So yeah, and an eye for one time, maybe you have to do it more time. I don't know. But don't tempt God. Don't try God. Don't go out that way and see how much you can go out there and then still come back and get forgiveness. Don't play with God. Yes, there is forgiveness. God is a loving, forgiving God in the New Testament also. He is this. And there is forgiveness. But we cannot play with him. And, and you, now I'm going to show you the most important thing because, to be honest, it's not 
only about what we do. It's more about our attitude. Esau sold his first birthright. And Bible says that God hid Esau. But he loved Jacob. What did Jacob did do? Jacob cheated Esau. So Jacob cheated and God loved Jacob. Esau, he just didn't care. And God hated Jacob, eller Esau. And God hated Esau. What about Kong David? Kong David, he did everything almost in the book. He saw, saw with lost on another woman, Bethsaida. He got her husband out in war, so he died. So he got her husband killed, so he could marry her. And what did God say about King David? That he's a man after God's heart. So can David get a person, kill a person, took another man's wife, and he's a man after God's heart. Esau cheated Jacob, and God loved, uh, Jacob cheated Esau, and God loved Jacob. And God hate Esau, and Ananias Sapphire, they just, they didn't kill a man. They didn't took another man's wife. They just lied. And they died like this. Of course, this is New Testament, but I believe there is something also strong here. Because it's all about our attitude. Esau, he have an attitude toward God and sin. The same way as Ananias and Sapphire. Jacob, con David, he had an attitude towards sin that admittedly he saw that he had sinned when the prophet Nathan came and showed him that he had sinned. He didn't, he, he didn't start to like, oh, it don't matter. No. He really feared God and he fall down on his knees. Oh, I have sinned against God. He was very, very fast to repent. And because he was very fast to repent, he received forgiveness. Because he was not like the other who didn't care. Look what Psalm 103 is saying. For as heaven is high above earth, so great is his grace toward them that fear him. As far as east is from west, so far had he removed our transgressions from us. I want to read this again. As the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his grace toward those who fear him. It's all about our attitude. If you, I'm not so worried on your, on, in behalf of you who really fear God, who, who maybe still is struggling with sin, and I believe this season can help you to be free from sin because it did in my life. 
I'm not so afraid on your behalf who want to do the right thing, who's struggling. No, I'm thinking more of those people who don't care. And, and I want to say the reason they don't care is because they have not understand this truth. We see many people in church today who fall away and come back and fall away and come back and fall away and then come back and live really radical. And out of their testimony, we believe, yeah, it's possible to fall away and come back. But the Bible not says that. I believe that the reason they fall away in the first place was that they have not learned the truth. They have not been enlightened in the first way. They have not really understood what it was all about. Because if they had, they would not have fallen away in the first place. So if I meet people today who have fallen away, first it's not up to us to judge. But I will never like, hey you cannot come back, it's too late for you. Because I believe that if they have learned the truth, they have not fallen away. So I believe they can get mercy and come, not come back, but come in and truly get saved. How many people in the churches today know this truth? Not many, because we are living in chapters and verses. Many people are deceived. And we need to go back and understand what the word is really saying. And this is radical. We cannot play with the grace of God. But when we fear God, He is merciful. He is merciful against us. And I can see that. This is now 13 years since God revealed this to me. It has changed my life in a radical way. So I, I don't live out here and play with sin anymore. And no, I live in here. I get, I, I, I take care of my body. I discipline my body. I pray, I fast. It's not because we should live in a wrong fear. Just in the beginning when I saw it, I was like, oh no, no, now I'll go to a, a, a monastery. Now, now, now I don't, they are to look at anybody because then I fall away and then I'm sinned against the Holy Spirit. No, it's not like that. Come on. God is faithful. We are talking about if you sin willfully, willfully choose, decide. And it can also be continue deciding. So it's not only, it don't have to be one time, but if you continue and, and it's not like you wake up one morning and then you lost the Holy Spirit. No. If you have learned the truth and live with God, I can tell you that you don't sin willfully without the Holy Spirit first have deal with you because God don't want you to get lost. So the Holy Spirit is dealing with you again and again and again. And I, I can just say that when I sin willfully, when I went to bed with my girlfriend, I, I got saved. I got forgiveness and I repented. And I really got forgiveness. But if if I dare at that time, because I really felt like the God, the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 do it. If I have done it again, maybe I experience again the Holy Spirit said, don't do it, and I receive forgiveness. But if I have just continued out there, I could come to a place where the Holy Spirit had, and I could not come back and receive the forgiveness. So God is showing you this. 
And you shall be thankful that you have the Spirit of God inside of you. And now we just have to have ears to hear and live with God and listen to what the Spirit is saying. And take Hebrews as a warning that we should continue in faith. We should continue earnestly in faith and have Jesus in front of us as the one who continued. And look at the people who in Luke 11 who have walked in front of us. Look at them. Look at Jesus and continue in faith. If you do that, you are going to continue to the end. And you are one day going to stand in front of God. Yes! As a good, faithful servant. And everything is good. And we know that we are on the way because we have the Spirit of God inside of us. I know that this teaching has been very radical and I really hope you understand in the right way that it don't create a wrong fear in you. So listen to the last thing I've been saying here. Listen to it. Seek God. Take the book of Hebrews. Read it through for yourself. Read it through with your own eyes. Read the whole thing. Only 13 chapters. Read it through. Pray that the Holy Spirit will show you what it's all about. And then if you have questions, you can come with these questions to me. And next time I'm going to talk about how we live the life in grace in the new standard. And there I can answer some of the questions. And also on Amazon I have the book. Sound Doctrine, you can go in where I have more questions and more teaching about some of the things I've been sharing here. And uh, I hope that it's going to help you. I will stop now and let's get this radical teaching out. Because this is not my words. It's not me who says it. It's the word of God. So let, let's get this out so people understand what it is to live with Jesus Christ. What it is that Jesus Christ is the same today. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, God is a consuming fire, but He's also merciful. He's so merciful against those who fear Him. So we can be His children <laughs> and we can experience forgiveness. And remember, walk in the light, and when you sin, confess your sin, and He forgives you. God bless you. <laughs>